Welcome everyone to episode 20 of the Daddy Sharps podcast. My name is Luke. And I'm John. We're just a couple of dads who like to make the sharpest bets we can. And we are absolutely next level excited about this podcast because we are breaking down what will be a great UFC fight night this Saturday. Oh boy, Mr. Luke. This is what they call a banger. Very tasty bets on this card. A lot of good fighters, better matchups. Then in our deep dive, we're going to dive into the bets that have a ton of value. A lot of these bets that a lot of people are probably overlooking. We didn't though. We've got them for you. And of course, there are several fights, John, that we're just staying far, far, far away from. And if you don't stay far, far away from these, (laughs) you know what's going to happen? Your buddies are just going to laugh at you. They're going to laugh at you, and they're going to make sure you never forget it. So do yourself a favor. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the Daddy Sharps. Let's do this. We got the formula. First order of business. Let's recap our best bets from last week, John. Do we have to? We have to go. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Miller versus Hernandez. I love this one. I thought I was getting a heck of a deal. Miller plus 200. Apparently Miller is done as Miller does. He was tough, but once the face opened up, you knew it was over close first round. One judge had Miller win in a third round, but Hernandez looked way better than I expected for this one and sends my best bet to the trash can. Me too. Me too. Me too. I was, I was riding that with you. Go ahead. And then I went with the old faithful Andras and I parlayed it with Pracino. Pracino just like we expected it in last week's podcast. He has no issue striking with guys with reaches under 78 inches, which William Knight is 73 inches. We questioned if Knight was really ready in the right frame of mind going into this fight. Missed his last two weigh-ins. He was 254 and 218. Well, he made weight and that's about all he did. When he got into the cage, he didn't want to fight. Pacino did everything he could to stay away from him, kicked him in the calf a record 60-plus times, easily won, and guess what happened to William Knight today? What? He got cut from the UFC. He did! Yes. You said that would happen, and he got cut. Yes. And then the second leg of that parlay, I thought Andrade was going to be great. Luke, I should have listened to you. You had the right side on that bet. Andras, to me, looked surprised when she got hit in the first round by some really good shots from a wrestler. She was not expecting to get hit by Blanchfield like that, and it just did not work out. Second round, Blanchfield got on top, took the back. It was over very quick. Yep, yep, I hear you, I hear you. But on my side, hey, man, it was a winner. It was a winner. You know, listen to this. In one post-fight interview, Andrade said that she was on vacation with her family when she got the call about filling in for this fight, and... Her team put together her fight strategy at like the last minute. So was she really ready? Was she focused? I I don't know. She wasn't expecting a lot of those punches, like you said. And then in another interview, she said when Blanchfield took her to the mat, Blanchfield caused, well, let's call it a a wardrobe malfunction, (laughs) if you will. Yes. (laughs) Do you remember the Janet Jackson Super Bowl halftime show? What happened to Janet Jackson? Who could forget it? (laughs) That's what happened here, apparently. Andrade said she was dealing with it, the wardrobe malfunction, and that is when Blanchfield got her in that chokehold. Look, Blanchfield looked really good in this one. She didn't protect herself, though, at all times when throwing combinations. She took a huge shot from Andrade. We both saw that, and that kind of scared us. But you got to get that hand back to protect that noggin. 
You got to at least tuck your chin into your chest. You got to do the things to protect yourself if you want to move on. But in the end, Blanchfield was a best bet winner. Hey, we both won big with Pauga. That was my next best bet. He dominated this fight against Jordan Wright, the Beverly Hills ninja. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Against the fence most of the night, just pounded him with those elbows. Pauga was another best bet winner. Hey. All right. I got a, I got a little breaking news for you on that as well. Ooh. Guess guess who got cut with William Knight today? Are you serious? Jordan Wright. Yep, he's out. He I lost he under- four of his last five after that one. So that's that's the contract. end of Jordan Wright and William Knight. So we don't get any best bets on the other side from those guys anymore. Interesting. Yes. Fantastic with the breaking news. I didn't hear about that. <laughs> You look yes. at it, hitting on all cylinders, just rocking it with the breaking news. Boom, uh, boom. Right. Now let's get excited. Let's move on to our best bets for this week. This one. I love this card and I love the headliner in this card. My favorite best bet of the week here. Krylov versus Ryan Span, a light heavyweight fight. My best bet. I'm going with the minor Krylov. We got the power puncher versus the technician. Span gets hit just about as much as he dishes it out. Krylov is slippery, hard to find on the feet. Old fights. Krylov has major trouble with grapplers. Paul Craig, Ankalev, Glover, Yawn. Two of those losses went on to become champs. Ankalev is a number two contender right now. Craig's a top 10 fighter, was a top five. Well, guess what Ryan Spann is not? He is not a grappler. Krylov's going to piece this guy up, and he's been in there with some real talent. Last win for Spann, on the other hand, he doesn't have this great resume. He fought Dominic Reyes, currently on a four-fight losing streak. Kutalaba, currently on a three-fight losing streak. Misha, currently on a four-fight losing streak. And then he went to decision against an old friend, Anybody who's been betting in the UFC knows Sam Alvey. This guy makes records for going on a nine-fight losing streak in the UFC. Alvey outstruck Ryan Spann in 2020. That's a huge red flag for me. Also, Ryan Spann, 79-inch reach. Krylov has shown a plan for those fighters that have 79-inch reaches or greater. He's 3-0 against them. He will go for the takedowns. He's landed 11 takedowns in those three fights when he's fighting a longer reach like this guy. He's going to go for these takedowns, and he's going to get them against Ryan Spann, who has a 50% takedown defense. He also outstruck all those opponents in all those fights. Spann, on the other hand, he has four takedowns in the UFC, landed all four of them in only two fights, two of them against our old friend Sam Alvey. So, smiling Sam, I don't think it's going to work out here. That's it on the UFC. Two each against Alvy and Johnny Walker. Not exactly the strongest grapplers on a 205 scene. Hasn't landed a takedown since 2020. My best bet here, take the minor. Krylov, he uses his takedowns and elusiveness on the feet to get the decision rather easily, my man. Man, I love, I love hearing your voice when you break <laughs> down a fight. I love this fight. Precision, I love this Precision, precision perfect, man. You nailed yes. it. Love it. All right. You ready for my first best bet? Let's hear it. Let's I'm hear gonna, it. I'm going to stir things up a little bit. little Daddy Sharp's chaos, perhaps. A little drama. What? A little drama. Because because when I write these things up and I write out my notes and I do my research, I've got, I've got this little voice in my head, John, from you. And it's Ooh. you giving me all the reasons why you think I might be wrong on this fight. Ooh. But 
But this one's speaking to me, my friend. It's Ooh. speaking to me, whispering sweet little nothings. Oh, I like, ear, I like, I like. Where are we going? I'm going to make you agree with me. Dante Mays versus Augusto Sakai. You're going to the heavyweights. The heavies. Ooh. Sakai favored in this one by just a little bit, but I'm making Mays to win my best bet here. I'm mm -hmm. even leaning toward a knockout in this fight. Here's why. Sakai either wins by knockout or he gets knocked out, right? True. 70% 70, 70 of his wins are by knockout. 80% of his losses are by knockout. And he's coming off of four of those losses, either by TKO or KO. For Mays, he's a puncher too. But he's also got the takedown advantage and the advantage as a grappler. He has a four-inch reach if they want to go toe-to-toe. Mm -hmm. Got that advantage over Sakai, and I think he's a little bit angry. You know, I oh. look for those little edges here and there, those little edges, little yes. nuances. Little, I think he's bit. angry. I think he's angry. Here's why. He's coming off of two wins and a no contest. That no contest was a split decision. He looked really good in that fight, his last fight, but it was overturned because his opponent failed a drug test. He was robbed out of a 3-2 and two UFC record, and now he's going to take it all out on Sakai. I think handicappers are keeping this one close. It's my guess. Mays is, you know, plus 105 right now. So I love the value there. But I think because of their rankings where they sit, Sakai is 20th in all heavyweights. Even after four losses, Mays is ranked 49th. So, you know, that, that only benefits us. I think they're going to slug it out. My best bet is Mays to win. But I'm leaning on also betting Mays by KO. I think this one could end in the first round, John. I like it, sir. Sakai, so many knockouts in his last few fights. Unbelievable. Ouch. This could be another guy that could get cut uh -oh. <laughs> on Monday if he's not careful. My next best bet here, I like Aliyev versus Rafael Alves. And I'm going to tell you, Aliyev is going to be the splinter to Rafael here. First off, my only real concern... Aliyev is 23 years old. Young guys can make mistakes at this level. He also has a lack of fights on the UFC level. This is his real debut. He fought already on a Dana White contender series, but as we all know, that doesn't really count. Since you're fighting another guy with no UFC experience, and the guy came in on very short notice one week. But Aliyev took care of business and knocked this guy out. He's a high-volume striker on the feet, at least in that fight, with excellent strike defense. But for me, the real feather in his cap combat sambo i love that form of fighting and it's very good in the ufc and that's what i'm leaning on on this one on the other side rafael's one and two on the ufc yeah he's an entertaining fighter and he kicks hard however the best part of his game is striking but striking defense is so bad on him he gets pieced up two to one in all of his ufc fights the only two wins he has on the usc level he was losing the the striking battle actually he's probably losing on the scorecards and he actually got the submissions he has one takedown to his name on the ufc level and it was against drew dober an excellent striker but not really a great guy known for his wrestling this dude's been taken down 11 times in his last five fights so i gotta I got to take that takedown away from Rafael, my man. So my best bet here, Aliyev. Aliyev's going to move Alvi's defense and launch an assault of takedowns. It'll be relentless. The gas tank of Rafael won't be able to keep up. And I'm thinking this is going to be a nice little decision win for me.
Yeah, from the from the clone of Khabib, the Khabib clone is what That's they what call him. That's what they're calling him. this from guy. Tajikistan. I got to tell you, that beard is on point as well. On, on point. Point. <laughs> on point. All right, man, you're going to love this next one because I know oh. you love this next fighter. I am going to lay some money as a best bet on this fight. It's Jordan the Monkey King Levitt. Oh. Versus Victor the Brick Martinez. Let's go. A lightweight bout. It's a pick em <laughs> bout right now. I think they were both at minus 115 last time I checked in my book. Levitt is coming off that loss by submission to Patty Pimblett during UFC London. That was a that was a bad one, but it, you know, went, went, went a couple rounds almost. John, you yeah. and I both think, though, that's why he may be undervalued here in this fight don't you think very much agree yep he lost to a big name in an ugly fashion totally levitt has respectable striking numbers uh, but if he gets you on the mat he also has multiple ways he can submit you as an opponent the same though is not true for martinez if martinez gets his way he's gonna go toe-to-toe and box this entire fight his strikes landed numbers are impressive on paper. They look really good if you were just kind of flash looking at him over nine. But this is also his UFC fight night debut. And he had just one contender series fight that he won by decision. All that paints a picture for me. We're talking about strike to strike statistics from just one fight, right? And oh. when you look at strikes absorbed, it's seven and a half per minute. And because that's against a lesser opponent in the contender series, that ain't good. That no. ain't good. No, definitely not. His nickname is the Brick. Come on. There's no brick in the world, John, that can take that many hits without becoming a pile of red brick dust. Oh. And and you know what monkey kings do to bricks, don't you? What? I, I I don't know. I have no idea. I but thought you're gonna have something good there. It's not good though. It's not good. <laughs> not good things. Nothing good. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Just run with it in your mind, folks. We're not going there. You can, we're not. Levitt has more experience here with much better opponents, and there's so much value on the spread right now. Uh, you know, my best bet is Jordan the Monkey King Levitt to win here. And I'll tell you what's going to happen. Right oh. after the ref raises his hand in victory, Let's go. John. Let's Levitt's going to fly into the air, dirty <laughs> dancing style. He's going to twerk. Yes. He's going to twist. He's going <laughs> to teabag. I said it. <laughs> and he's going to do all those things that make us feel a little weird and kind of wonder about him. And we're all going to sit there and watch him. We're going to love it. We're going to love it because we will be cashing. The, the the fans need this victory. We need to see Jordan Levitt celebrate. It Amazing needs to happen. Guys. Love that guy. Great fighter. Hey, let's deep dive now into some other fights on the card. And let's start by getting some of those fights of, I'm just going to say no interest. I'm sure they're going to be great fights. I'm sure they're great fighters. But let's get it out of the way. I mean, these are fights yeah. that I'm guessing none of us you know, really like here because we don't know a lot about them or, or for whatever reason. Uh, Elin Perez versus Haley Cohen. Cohen favored by a little bit here in a bantamweight fight. Equal on paper. Neither lands many punches. Neither gets hits gets hit very much. I'm staying well away. I'm staying off this fight as well. But after you give us the next fight, I do have a possible parlay with these two fights here. Okay. And that one is between Jasmine Jazdavisius 
and Gabriela Fernandez. Fernandez favored by a little bit in this women's featherweight fight. Not a lot of info on Fernandez. Jostavicius was a heavy favorite in her last fight and lost by unanimous decision. So I think I'm staying off this individual fight, but what do you got for me? I like a little sprinkle. I'm not saying a unit. I'm not saying a heavy lean, but I like a little sprinkle here. Parlay both these together that both fights go to distance. Most of the female fights do go to distance. Um, so I like I like just a little a little sprinkle, a little taste there. Might get plus money. Nice, nice. Okay, I'll go with that. I like that. Yeah. Let's go to our next fight here. Jose Johnson versus Garrett Armfield. Armfield favored by a little bit here, minus 155 at my book. Bantamweight fight. This is Johnson's fight night debut, so keep that in mind. Armfield just lost to David Onama, who has a similar style, I think, as Johnson. And for that reason, I'm staying away. Yeah. So I was looking at this fight. Armfield has the camp behind him. Very impressive. He trains down in Florida, Deerfield, Florida, with grapplers like Burns, Chandler, Luke Brunson. But this guy made his UFC UFC debut at 145 pounds. He's now going to be fighting at his natural weight class at 135 pounds. The path to victory for Armfield is takedowns. Johnson has allowed 18 takedowns in his last two fights. Some guys don't allow that many takedowns in their entire UFC career. He's got the guys in his gym to help him get these takedowns. I have a heavy lean on Armfield, but the only reason I'm off his striking numbers. He's not very good at defending himself in very limited action. And he granted he was fighting up a weight class, but until I see a little bit more of him at his natural weight class, I'm probably going to stay off it, but I do lean arm field here. Okay. Nice lean. I like the little lean there. Yeah. I uh, just got to stay away. We'll, we'll, we'll see though. We'll see. It's going to be a great card. Yeah. Ode Osborne is our next fight versus Charles Johnson. Johnson favored a little bit here, minus 180. It's a featherweight fight. Osborne is kind of crazy uh, in my mind. He either knocks his opponent out or he gets knocked out. Yes. Johnson, on the other hand, lands a ton of strikes. So could go either way. I, I don't I don't have a lean. I kept going back and forth. Like, yeah, and I just decided, you know what? I'll save my money. I'll put it on something else with value. What do you think? I'm with you on that. I mean, this this Osborne guy, he comes in with a lot of fanfare when he came into the UFC, and I'm not buying the hype. I think the chin is questionable. He's lost to two power punchers. One of his knockouts that he actually won came against the guy who's 0-4 on the UFC with already three knockout losses. I can't trust the Osborne power here. He's knocking out a guy that's been knocked out already before. Johnson, he's a good fighter with great lower-level experience coming out of the LF LFA. He was a headliner for a few cards there. But the main reason I'm off this fight, the one thing that scared you away from the headliner last week, I'm off this fight due to the layoff for Johnson. He fought two weeks ago. Granted, it was around one finish. He wasn't in there very long. This is an awfully quick turn. I'm off that. Yeah, it's a quick turn. And yeah. speaking of turns. Okay, so that round of the card, I, I would call that maybe our tri-tips, right? Our tri-tip stakes, you know, really like good. Yeah. Good could be good, but... But there are better cut choices to come. I think we're yes. starting to move into maybe the, uh, I don't know, maybe the New York Strip level. Uh, I like yeah, it. Maybe yeah. we're kind of in there, you know. Maybe yeah. not the best cut, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Eric Gonzalez versus Trevor Peak. Peak favored by a little bit here. This is a lightweight fight. I want to love this fight. I really do. I love I'm with a good New York Strip. I really do. But yes. I just can't. Can't. I'm going to hold out. going to hold out. Gonzalez. 
This is fantastic. Has a five-inch reach advantage. Man, I want to see that play out. But he's coming off of two UFC losses in this one. Peak, on the other hand, undefeated, 7-0. But this is his UFC Fight Night debut. He throws a ton of punches, but he takes even more shots. And I don't know if you saw his last loss. He's coming off a TKO of Malik Willis, or Lewis, excuse me. And in the contender series, but watching that fight, man, he was lucky. He was lucky he didn't get knocked out himself early on in that fight. And that's why I'm not going to order the strip. I'm going to stay away from this one. <laughs> I'm with you. When when this fight comes out, you start breaking down these numbers. I'm going to stick with your New York strip idea here. The cook brings it out. Fancy restaurant. You take a bite of that steak. And then you're asking for A1. It's not quite the taste that you wanted. Mm. These two fighters just give up way too many punches. They get hit way too much for me to put any money down on it. I'm I'm steering clear. One shot, either one of these guys could take it. So they can't protect themselves. Ooh, asking for the A1. That means we've got to move on to another steak here. I think we're getting into the ribeye section, oh, perhaps. This is tasty right here. I don't know. I don't know. You know, yes. Joe Selecki. Mm-hmm. favored by a long shot yes. minus 550 in some books versus Carl Deaton. The third is a lightweight fight. This matchup screams Selecki just screams Selecki and the odds makers agree here. Of course for Deaton 24 professional fights. And this is his very first fight in the UFC 33 years old. Yeah, mm. dude, no chance. There's just no chance. Uh, I will bet Selecki, but I just don't like that spread. No, no, I'm exactly with you on that. Selecki, 4-1 and one on the UFC, against some really good competition, and in fact, his only loss was a split decision, the Flash Gordon. He's a takedown machine. This guy's landed seven takedowns in six fights. Deaton is an alternate here, but don't let that fool you. He was already training for a fight at a much lower level on Friday night, so he's not like he's exactly coming off the couch. He should be in shape, but still, Selecki's on a different level. But at minus 550, that's a heavy price to pay. Unless you parlay it, you got to stay off this fight. Yeah, I think you parlay it. You, you got to. You're going to win. Yeah. You're going to yeah. win. Yeah. All right. All right. I think we're still on the ribeye level here with Mike Malott versus Johan Leonis, the French-Canadian. Yes. Malott, a little bit of a favorite here in this one in the welterweight fight. Not sure who I like in this one. I think I'm still going to pass. I'm actually I'm actually going to lean on this one here. I got a little lean here. I like him a lot. This guy has UFC power on his side. He's got two round one knockouts on the UFC already. Last fight out, he already KO'd Mickey Gall, who has 11 fights on the UFC. This guy knocked him out in only his second fight. He does give up the takedowns in each fight. He's given up one each. Leoness, one and one on the UFC with a knockout loss and a highly questionable win against an alternate fighter. He was outstruck two to one, gave up a takedown and still came away with a split decision. I remember watching that fight. I was not impressed. But Luke, I got a lock of the week here. Lock of the week. I say a Canadian's going to win this fight, baby. Oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Oh, that's right. Little dad joke there. They're both Canadian folks. But nonetheless, I like Malat's power. I'm leaning it, and I'm going to go with Malat winning in dominant fashion on the UFC here. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. As we now move into 
Is this tomahawk? It depends on your favorite steak. Are we tomahawking it or are we filleting it? What are we this doing is, here? This could be tomahawk here. You've been mm. eyeing this one yeah. a lot this weekend. Yeah, tasty, tasty, tasty for a lot of reasons. Tatiana Suarez, favored by a mile as she returns to the octagon. Like minus 800 right now versus Montana De La Rosa. This is a flyweight division fight. I'm bucking the system, I think, here. I'm leaning on putting money on De La Rosa to win at plus 500. Might even consider hedging, strongly consider hedging that with Suarez by decision or betting this fight under two and a half rounds. Hear me out why. Suarez is the better fighter by far in every single category. However, she's 5-0 in the UFC, and those five wins came in the strawweight division. Well, now she's returning to the cage after stepping away for almost four years. That's almost four time. years. Fighting mm. up in class as a flyweight. So a lot of question marks here. I don't think anyone's, I don't, she's not even ranked because she's been out gone for so long. Suarez, though, she's a, a, a great striker, a great takedown artist. However, Taylor Rosa has won by submission eight times. Her three stoppages in this division are the third most in history. I'm just saying, don't shrug her off, especially if they go to the mat, John. Oh, I, I like what you did there. And I like I like the sprinkle on De La Rosa. I mean, a four-year layoff and, and the finish, too. This girl's gas tank's got to be questionable. So I like I like what you're doing there, sir. Yeah, I kind of like the hedge. I think I'm. I think I'm going to do that. You know, you you place half unit, full unit. You're still coming away with money. Sure, yeah. you don't win all the money, but a win's a win. And and God, it's nice to be able to hedge, isn't it? Yes, for sure, for sure. All right, let's move on because I think I think Ooh. we're still at the tomahawk level. This is tomahawk I, you know, right here. This is coming God, out of full on tomahawk. This is sizzling on your plate, my friend. Sizzling. Andre Muniz. Favored by a little bit here, 230 or so at my book mm-hmm. against Brendan Allen. It's a middleweight fight. Allen coming off of four wins, but he takes a lot more punches, and he doesn't like to go to the mat. Andre does. He's the better grappler. I'm leaning toward the Brazilian. Oh, Luke. Allen here. He's my betting nemesis. Tough for me to handicap this guy. For Allen to win this fight, he has to avoid trouble, which is on the ground against Munez. Allen is, isn't is the cleanest striker on the feet. Allen can be taken down seven times by the Aussie grappler Malcoon and three times against Dacus. I like Munez a lot here because if he takes Allen down, he has the skill set to finish the fight there. He's very dangerous. Allen, that's part of his game. And he's going to have to keep it on the feet. So I I like Munez to get him to the ground. I don't want to go as far as saying submit him. But uh, I think Allen's pretty tough there. But uh, this this Munez is nuts with the arm bars. I think he's already got three arm bars in the UFC. And a very limited number of fights. So it's crazy. Folks, word of the wise here. When John says something like, I don't want to go there. <laughs> this guy does so much research. He knows his UFC and MMA inside <laughs> and out. He means you might want to sprinkle a little bit on that. Sprinkle, it's probably a good bet. <laughs> it's a good bet. All right. Hey, let's I, recap. Let's I will re- before we go to the recap here. I got oh. I got two things. I got two things I want to talk about. Is this more breaking news? 
I, I got I got something a little spicy, a little spicy. Ooh, we'll call I don't it even know if it is that spicy news. Love this, it. You know, you got me thinking about something. And this is definitely not a full unit bet, but Munez, great submission artist. Jordan Levitt pretty much can only win by submission because his fight pace is so slow. You take both those guys by finish, you get a very nice little payday. Munez, Jordan Levitt by finish. Very nice plus money parlay. It could be a plus uh, five, six. Yeah, but you don't there. You definitely don't put a full unit on it, but it's it's uh, a, you know, you you can make a lot of money that way. That's the play money. That's when when that's when you then when the research kicks in and the data kicks in and that's when the play money comes out and you just sprinkle a little bit on there. Yeah, that that was my breaking news tonight. I just came I, up with that when we're talking here. We had some I, breaking I, news. Sprinkle. We had some spicy news. <laughs> yes. Let's what go. Show. What a let's show. Go. And let's recap now our best bets from this week's UFC fight night. My best bet. Krylov versus Ryan Spann. I'm taking a technician. Best bet, Krylov. And then we got Aliyev. My best bet, I love him over Raphael, the not my favorite Ninja Turtle. <laughs> I love both of those as well. I'm with you. <laughs> my first best bet, Dante Mays to win. Although I think love he it. could knock out the Brazilian Sakai. I really do. <laughs> Let's My go. next best bet, Jordan the Monkey King Levitt to win over Victor the Brick Dust Martinez. <laughs> it will be the Brick Dust. It will be the Brick Dust. And for the Monkey King twerks in the middle of that ring. Oh, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> but Luke, before we end tonight, okay. we need to remind everyone out there oh. that we have you covered during March Madness. Me we do? Are already, we are. We are already burning a midnight oil, my friend. We're filling up notebooks. We're taking notes. We got March Madness covered. The Daddy Sharps will break down the tournament start to finish. We killed it last year, and now we get to share on the podcast for the first time. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a great time, and the data is already cooking also, a little later on in the spring, we're going to break down the fastest two minutes in sports, the Kentucky Derby. So we've got that to look forward to as well. But for now, that's going to do it for the Daddy Sharps podcast this week. Remember, always gamble responsibly. And within your means and the bets that we share are based on our own research, we don't always win. Be sure to check us out on social media. Look for Daddy Sharps on Facebook and at Daddy Sharps on Instagram and Twitter. We will be back next week with all our best bets and much more, my man. All right, the first John, good sir. Who is your daddy? We are. Stay sharp, everyone. Stay sharp.